Praise God. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, that sounds good. That's good. So today we have our back to school bash. And uh, so they're next door. They're getting all kinds of free stuff, backpacks, uh, pencils, all that good stuff. So that's, that's really good. It's just another way we're reaching out to our community, guys, because we want, we want our city, we want our community to know that we don't want something from them. We want something for them, guys. Uh, it's just another way we want to grow. Uh, yesterday, we went out and we handed out 72 lunch sacks to the homeless camps. Yeah. Uh, to the to the city park, um, to different people, uh, Liz and uh, Sister Megan, they led one person to the Lord uh, that just there in the park broke down, started crying. You could tell the spirit of the Lord was upon the person. And you know, and the Bible says when one sinner comes home, all of heaven rejoices, guys. Whether that guy, you know, that's right, that's right. You know, whether he ever comes to this church or not, you know, that's that we're about building the kingdom of God. It's not so much about our church, but building the kingdom of God, praise God. So uh, uh, next week's going to be Brother White's class. We have CR on Thursday nights. Uh, I heard they had a really great service this past Thursday. I think Robbie spoke, I think, and uh, I think they had a good altar service. Uh, next Saturday is going to be, not Sunday, it's, in, it's put Sunday in the bulletin, but it's actually next Saturday is going to be our Hands of Hope food closet, clothes giveaway. And free food. And I need everybody to come out and start getting food. See, it's a, it's a government program. So it doesn't mean that you're poor. It doesn't mean that you're mooching off the church. It means that we got some stuff that we want to give out to our community. And the more stuff we give out, the more the city, the, or the com that community, that program will give to us to give out. So the more that people come out and take, the more we have to give out to the city. So I need everybody here in this church, whether you need it or you don't need it, come out, sign up, take some food, keep it for yourself or give it to somebody. That way we have more food available to us, more resources available to us to go out and reach our city that we're trying to do. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God's good. Oh yeah. And then there's a, uh, I almost forgot the ladies conference is coming up at the end of this, uh, <laughs> the end of this month. Praise God. So it's good. And today a bunch of us are going camping. And uh, next year, we're going to try to get a church camp ahead of time so people can put it on their calendars. And we'll go out and we'll just have church service out in the woods. Me and my wife was out camping last week, and uh, a Spanish group came in about 10 o'clock, which is quiet time. But they just got started about 11 o'clock, and they whipped out the drums, the congos. People were speaking in tongues by our tent. We we're like, what's going on, man? They were, they were getting down. So I was like, wow. So we're going to have to, we're gonna have to do something like that. It's pretty good. Praise the Lord. God's good. All the time. That's right. That's what Pastor Ben used to say. God is good. All the time. Amen. If you have your Bibles with me, turn to Revelations 3, 20 through 22 in the King, New King James. If you don't have the New King James, it's probably close. It's probably the same. It's pretty close. This is what it says. This is Jesus talking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would hear my voice... And opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also have overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Father, I thank you this morning, Father, for the opportunity to speak your word. 
And Father, I pray that your church has an ear to hear, Father, what you would say to this body, Father. Father, I bind every hinder and spirit that would try to snatch my words, Father, that would come against your word. And Father, I just loose the anointing power of your Holy Spirit to have his way here in this house today, Father. Edify your body, Father, and I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. And we all pray, amen. Amen. So when I was a kid, and uh, me and my sister Liz and Lisa, excuse me for a second, I got into worship, got the crying a little bit, my nose runs when I cry, so praise the Lord, that's all right, it's all, it's all good, it's all good, it's nothing like being broken before the Lord. So anyway, we, uh, we would go on vacations, and we would go to Mississippi where my grandparents lived, and uh, it's about 2,500 miles to 3,000 miles, so there was a lot of motel, hotel stops along the way. And they would have these neon signs. You know, some would be green, red, and they'd say vacancy or no vacancy. And every once in a while, we'd stop at one that would have one of those vibrating beds. You know, you put a quarter in and be all like, you know, shake. It was like, that was my favorite part, man. I wish I had one of those today. That'd be awesome. Have one in my house, you know. And then a couple of weeks ago, me and some friends from the church here, we went backpacking up in Yosemite, and we passed through some of these little, you know, towns that had these mom-and-pop motel hotels, um, um, places to stay still, and they had those signs out front, the neon signs, vacancy, no vacancy. Vacancy meaning there's room here, there's room for you to stay, come on in, there's a place for you. And no vacancy meaning there's no place for you, there's no room for you here, you know, there's, it's, it's nothing's available. And it got me to thinking, guys, what's the sign above my heart saying this morning? Lord, do you have, is it vacancy? Do I have vacancy for the Lord? Lord, is there a place for you in my life to come into my life, to spend time with me, to come in and sup with me and, and teach me and show me the plans and the purposes that you have for my life? Do you have vacancy for the Lord Jesus Christ in your life this morning? Or does a sign above your heart this morning saying, I don't have vacancy. I don't have time for you, Lord. I'm busy. I'm tied up with the things of the world. I got too much stuff going on in my life, and there's no place, there's no room for you right now in my life. Vacancy or no vacancy. See, in the busy season, all the hotels, especially up around Yosemite, is all taken up with all kinds of things of the world. And is your life today, guys, is it taken up with all kinds of things of the world? Is there vacancy or no vacancy in your life this morning? And see, I was thinking about what would cause a person not to want to stay in a motel. And so I'm thinking I'm going to use a couple of my experiences that I've had in the past. So the first thing that would cause you not to want to stay in a motel is a dirty room. See, when you go to a, a motel, you want to have a clean room. You want to have a, a clean place to stay in. Amen. See, the Bible says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within our lives. So we need to have a clean temple, guys. We need to have our house cleaned. See, the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Get that. You are not your own. Your own. You were bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which is God. So you don't belong to yourself no more. I belong to God. This body I live in, it needs to be clean because it belongs to my Lord Jesus Christ. We were bought with a price. So I need to keep my house clean before the Lord. I need to have my master's house clean. I need to go in and I need to sweep up. I need to clean up and I need to pick up and I need to take out the dirty trash that's in my life so the Holy Spirit will feel welcome in my spirit and in my life, guys. Amen. See, my wife, Jen, she has OCD when it comes to cleaning. 
When we have a, a meeting at my house or we're going to have company comes over, she goes into tornado mode. She's just <laughs> cleaning everything. She'll give me a list, you know, pick weeds in the yard. It'll be the middle of winter. I'm like, no one's even going to be out there. Why do I have to pick weeds? She's just cleaning like crazy. <laughs> me, I'll clean stuff. I'll just lift up the carpet and put it back down in there, or if I got some clothes, go throw it back in the dryer or behind the shower curtain, out of sight, out of mind. It's clean. But man, she just, she goes into tornado mode, see? See, guys, God's spirit doesn't dwell in buildings anymore. He dwells within our hearts, so we need to have our lives clean. Our hearts need to be clean. You can't be claiming Christ in your life and Lord and Savior your life, guys, and keep inviting dirty things into your life. You have to watch what you, you invite in, what you look at, what you hear, what you put in your heart. Psalm says right here in 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. A clean spirit. Talking about our hearts, our lives. They need to be clean before the Lord, dear guys. It's, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to have a clean heart before the Lord. See, some people are hoarders. They collect all kinds of stuff, all kinds of garbage, and there's no room in their life. There's even a TV show now about people that just keep collecting stuff, and they got it in their house, in their garage, outside in the garage. It's just all over the place, and there's no room. And that's like a lot of Christians. We collect stuff of the world, and we hang on to it, and our lives get cluttered and messed up, and there's no vacancy. There's no room for Christ to come into our life and have relationship with us because we got too much stuff of the world in our lives. There's no room for him. And see, guys, we need to do a full house cleaning from top to bottom. Get rid of all the junk and the clutter in our life that doesn't need to be there. Get rid of all the clutter. So the presence of the Holy Spirit will want to live and dwell within our lives. See, when you accept Christ in your life, guys, it's your responsibility to keep it clean. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, when you come to the Lord, you have, to, uh, you have to be all clean. No, come as, you, come as you are. Come messed up, tore up from the floor up, buck tooth, bad breath, hair, however it is. Just come to the Lord. But when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you become a new person, a new creation, a new creature in Christ. The old passes away and all things become new. Now it's your responsibility with the help of the Holy Spirit to keep this life clean before the Lord. We have a responsibility. The second thing that would cause you not to want to stay in a motel is dirty sheets. See, we want to have clean sheets in our life. The only thing that's going to get your sheets clean spiritually is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's got to be applied to your life. See, I stayed in a hotel last year up in uh, Washington. I drove all day and got there late at night, and I stayed in this hotel. It looked clean from the outside. But when I got in there to spend the night and, and I pulled the sheets back, they were yellow stains on the sheets. Yeah, gross, right? On the pillow, had yellow stains. And there was this little red-looking bug, and I touched him, he ran across the pillow, and I was like, nope, I throwed the covers back. I kept my clothes on, I slept on the bed next to it, kind of just face down all night because it had dirty sheets, guys. And see, the only thing that's going to get the dirt out of your sheets is the blood of Jesus Christ. And see, there's a lot of people that look clean on the outside, but they're stained with the sins of this world in their life. And the only thing that will get the stain out of your life is having the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. He's the only one that will wash the stains of sin out of your life, out of your past. First John 1 John 1.7 says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We'll have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. See, it's the, only, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will get the stains out of your sheets, guys. See, getting clean and staying clean is your and my responsibility. It only happens through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, having a relationship with him. Not just coming to church or being a part of a program, but having vacancy, having room in your life for Jesus Christ. Christ is the only one that will clean your sheets, praise the Lord. The third thing that will cause you uh, to not to want to stay in a motel is this, bugs. Right out of high school, me and my cousin was going down to, a, to check out a school in Phoenix, Arizona. So I drove down, picked him up in Fresno, and we drove on down to, to Phoenix. And so we spent the day there looking at this music school and uh, checking out apartments. And so we were coming back, and we were pretty tired, so we stopped off at one of these motel hotels with vacancy in... I don't know, it was Motel 5 or 2 and a half or something, something like that. And um, we, went, we, went, we went to bed, shut the lights off, and all of a sudden I felt something on my arm, so I flicked it off. You know, I thought it was a fly or something. So next minute I know, that I felt something else on this arm, so I flicked it off. So now I'm laying there, and something crawls across my face, across my lips, down the other cheek, and across the bed. So I jump up, because I got spider phobia. And he jumps up, and we turn the lights on, and there's roaches on the pillow, roaches on the sheets, in the sheets, on the wall. And there was this big old cockroach. <laughs> like on the nightstand, looking at us. And there's this Gideon Bible right there, so I grab this Gideon Bible, and I slam it on this cockroach. Well, this cockroach crawls out from the Bible. <laughs> and he looks at us like, that's all you got? And we're like, say what? And we just like, we packed our bags. We got, got up left. We didn't even ask for a refund. We just got out of that place because there was some big roaches in that place, guys. And see, we have to get rid of the bugs in our life. See, our attitudes and our hangups that will hold us down, that will keep, your, keep Christ out of your life, that crawl on us, that keep us down. There's nothing worse than a person with a cockroach attitude that you can never please and nothing's never good enough. That they come to church with a bless me if you can attitude. You can't bless me. Come on, try it. You know, just a bug attitude. They need a good dose of some spiritual raid in their life, praise God. The Bible says here in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, uh, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight... That, and sin that which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance a race that is set before us, guys. See, we have to lay aside the bad attitudes in our life, all the hang-ups, guys, that we hold on to that gives us these bad, buggy attitudes in our life. You have to get rid of all the creepy, crawly things in your life that you're holding on to. See, if we go back to John 1 7, it says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. See what's good about walking in the lights, guys? Cockroaches don't like light. If you'll walk in the light as Jesus Christ is in the light, these buggy attitudes, these buggy spirits, these cockroach spirits of the devil will flee from you and leave you alone because they don't want to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to get rid of some things in your life, let the Lord Jesus Christ have fellowship with him in your life. And you'll get rid of those bugs that are from the world that are just trying to attack you, praise God. 
Thank you, Lord. It reminds me of that uh, commercial they had back in the day for Motel 6 or two and a half, whatever it was, where they said, come on, stay the night. We'll leave the light on for you. And I was thinking to myself, you better leave the light on. Because <laughs> if you don't, man, those roaches are going to carry the guest away, praise God. See, church, your house, your room, it has to be clean. It needs to be clean. It needs to have your sheets cleaned. It needs to be bug-free for the Spirit of the Lord to want to stay and dwell in our lives. Praise God. What's, what's in your house this morning? What's your sign saying this morning? Vacancy or no vacancy? See, what causes our life to have no vacancy sign? Well, number one is being satisfied where you're at. See, being satisfied where you're, where you're at in Christ will automatically put up a no vacancy sign. See, because where you're at today is not necessarily where God wants you to be in your life. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and he never tended you to attend a church, get fat, get lazy, get satisfied where you're at, and not go deeper in your relationship, desire to, to see what God's got for you, the plans and the purpose he has for you. He never wants you to sit there and get lazy and get complacent, guys, and get satisfied. Because when you do that, you know you won't hunger for God. You won't go after God. You won't desire to go deeper in a relationship with him. And when you get satisfied, when you become, uh, your relationship with Christ becomes routine, you won't go after God. You won't go after the things of Christ. You won't go after his purpose for your life. And see, Paul tells us to press on. Philippians 3.14, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. See, church, you have to press forward. There's a prize to receive. There's deeper waters to swim in. There's higher places to climb in. There's greater revelation to receive. But you got to put out the vacancy sign for Christ to come in and have a place in your life so you can attain those things that he has for you. Praise the Lord. You can't get satisfied where you're at. You have to go after the Lord. See, when you get satisfied where you're at, you'll become spiritually weak, anorexic. You'll, uh, you'll be uh, just like, there'll be no spiritual meat on your bones. You'll just be dry bones. You'll be a, a spiritual skeleton blown by every wind and, and thing that comes your way. And see, there's so many people today that are satisfied and complacent in the church. And it's such a waste of a purpose and a talent and what could be in their life. See, people don't want to go deeper in their relationship with the Lord. Because it requires commitment, dedication, faithfulness. It requires Christ to be the priority in your life. And see, guys, a lot of problem. the problem is with people, we're so full. We got so much stuff in our life that Christ is not a priority in our life. But if Christ is a priority in life, you'll make room for him in your life. See, a lot of people will say, well, let my wife uh, do the church thing for my family. Or the wife will say, maybe let my husband be dedicated for the both of us. Or, or maybe you come here to church today and say, well, let the pastor read and do the studying for us. Each and every person here has an individual responsibility to develop your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have vacancy for the Lord in your life today, church? I can't get you to heaven. Church can't get you to heaven. Your husband, your wife, your mom or dad can't get you to heaven. You have a responsibility to yourself and to know Jesus Christ for yourself to develop a personal relationship with him. Amen. Don't be satisfied where you're at. Go, go deeper in the Lord. Have a hunger for the Lord in your life. What causes our life to have a no vacancy sign? Guys, number two is neglecting our relationship with Christ. 
See, when you neglect your, uh, to spend time with Christ, the things of this world will creep in and they will push Christ out to the point where you'll ha- you won't have no room. There'll be no vacancy. There'll be no place for Christ in your life because you're, you're surrounded by too many things of the world because you've allowed the world to have a more of a pull on your spirit, a more of a pull on your life than the spirit of Christ does. There's a saying, you are who you hang out with. And see, if you spend more time in the world and and doing the things of the world, guess what your desires are going to be focused on? The world. Guess who you're going to look like? The world. See, that's why there's so many carnal Christians today in the church is because they spend more time in the world and their flesh than they do in the spirit and with Christ. See, too many Christians are claiming Christ nowadays, but they're in love with the world. Claiming a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but being in love with the world and the things and relationships in the world. And they have no vacancy for Christ. There's no room for Christ in their life, but they got room for other relationships and they got room for the things of the world. See, I have people tell me all the time, I don't feel close to the Lord no more. I feel disconnected. And I'm thinking, really? See, would you want to hang out with a person who didn't want to hang out with you? That would push you away every time you came to spend time with them? That acted like they were doing a favor to be around you. And see, when we come to church, guys, sometimes, and we're looking at our watch, and, and we can't wait to, to get out of church, we do that to the Lord. No wonder you feel disconnected, you know? There's no fire in your life. You're cheating on God because you're supposed to have a personal relationship. You're supposed to be in a covenant relationship with the Lord, but you're loving the things of the world. See, if you spend more time in the world and doing the things of the world than you spend with God, guess what? You're in love with the world. And the Bible says, tells us here in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, the, the love of the world will cause you to have no vacancy, no room in your life for Christ. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.1, therefore be imitators of God, not the world. Our, our lives are to reflect Christ, not the world. Paul says in Galatians, uh, it's not me that lives, but Christ that lives within me. So guys, if, if Christ is, is living in me, then I'm not going to desire to be like the world. See, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but they have no vacancy for Christ in their life. There's no room for Christ in their life. He's not the priority. Their lives, their hearts, their, their rooms are already full of the world. See, church, don't neglect Christ. Don't, don't, don't uh, neglect your relationship for Christ for the things of this world. What will cause our lives to have no vacancy sign? Number three, guys, is self-will. Self-will automatically turns on the no vacancy sign in your life. Self-will says there's no room for Christ to work in my life because everything has to be done according to my will, my, uh, my timing and my approval. But let me tell you something. God doesn't work according to your timing, according to your will, or according to your approval. The Holy Spirit works in our life according to, to the will of God for our life to accomplish his plan, his purpose for our lives. See, I've met so many people that are led by self-will, not by the Spirit. And they won't get involved with anything, and they won't do anything unless it's according to the way they want it. See, self-will has an agenda. But there's only one agenda, guys, in serving Christ, and that's to do His will. 
Christ's will. Christ said this in, in 1 John 6, or in John 6, 38. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, guys, if it's always going to be about your way and your will, you'll never do anything great for Christ Jesus in your life. Because it's always going to be depending on your will. You'll limit what God can do in your life according to your self-will. God gave man self-will, and he won't force you to do things his way. You can choose to do things according to your self-will, or you can choose to do things according to God's will, plan, and purpose for your life. And see, churches are limited all over this country. Even this church is limited in what we can do in outreach and touching people's lives in this city because of people's unwillingness to serve, because they don't, they don't want to, uh, you know, Christ doesn't fit into their schedule. He doesn't fit into their lives, or it's not convenient, or it makes them feel uncomfortable. So the church suffers, guys, and, and people around us suffer because you have gifts, but you're too selfish to use them. Because you put, the, you put terms and conditions on your use. It's got to be your will, your way. And see, church, serving God's not about you. It's about serving God. It's about His will, His plan, and His purpose in reaching people's lives around us. See, serving God's not always going to be convenient. There's going to be times where people's going to come to you and they're going to want some of your time. They're going to be in need. They're going to need some prayer. They're going to need you to come over to the house. You're going to get a call maybe to go to a hospital or just spend time with them because the anointing in your life brings comfort to them. And it's not always going to be convenient for what you want to do in your life, but we're called to serve and that's what we do. Amen. Serving God is, is not always going to fit my life. And what I mean by that is my, my talents, my makeup. I remember one time I was asked to teach a, a, a teen class. And teens aren't my makeup. You know, dealing with drama and hormones and all that crazy stuff. I like things a certain way. But I did it because it was a need and no one else was going to do it until I could find someone else to do it. Thank you, Sister Shannon. It didn't fit, you know, and, and there's people maybe here today, guys, that, you know, that you're working in the nursery, you're working with kids, and it's not really what you want to do, but you see the need and you're working. Well, God bless you, because that's being a servant of Christ. <laughs> being a servant doesn't mean you're always going to operate in your gifts and your talents. You see a need and you fill it. One of the biggest Sunday school teachers or bus drivers in the world was in New York. And the people asked him one day, they said, man, you must have felt this great call to go and serve and work and do what you're doing. He had the largest bus ministry in all New York. And he said, no, nah, man. He said, I just saw a need one day. He said, I saw a little boy sitting on the side of the street, beat up, you know, cl clothes and tore up. And, and I just saw him sitting there and I pulled over and I said, man, would you like to go to Sunday school? And he said, yes. It wasn't his calling, guys. But he, he wanted to serve. And he took it, and he, and he made the largest ministry in New York for bus ministry, for taking kids to school, just because he saw a need. Not because he was called, because he saw a need. And see, serving God's not always going to be comfortable. God will put you in some uncomfortable places. God doesn't like his people to get comfortable because then we get complacent. Then we get lazy. Then we don't want to go after God. I was talking with a person the other day, and, and she, would, she didn't feel comfortable about going into the homeless camps and, uh, and, and, and giving out food. But once she'd done it, she said she enjoys it, and she hasn't missed one day, I think, since we started doing it because it, it brought something out of her. Sometimes, guys, you just got to step out of your comfort zone and see what the Lord will do in your life. Yeah. 
See, church, it's not about my will. It's about Christ's will being done in my life. Self-will says there's no vacancy. There's no room for Christ in my life. What's your sign saying above your heart this morning? Vacancy or no vacancy? What causes there to be room in Christ, for Christ in my life, for there to be the vacancy sign turned on? And I would say, guys, having a proper view of who Christ is. See, because when you get a proper view of who Jesus Christ is, you're going to make some room in your life. You're going to start kicking out some things that take up space in your life. You're going to start cleaning your house. You're going to start cleaning your room. You're going to start making room for Christ because you're going to see what he's done for you, what he's purchased for you, what he, what he has for you, the plan, the purpose he has for your life. You'll start making some room in your life for Christ when you get a proper view of who he is, when you truly see and understand what he has for you and what he's made available to you, Praise God. You'll make room for him. See, when Saul met Christ on the road to Damascus, when he, he got a whole different view of who Jesus Christ was, and from that point on, guys, he dedicated his whole life to serving Christ, even unto death. Because he didn't get a religious view, he got a true view, a true focus of who Christ was. When Moses saw God, came out of hiding, man, and he dedicated his life when he saw God, when he saw, when he saw the, the power of God, the power of his spirit, it changed his life. When the disciples saw a resurrected Jesus Christ, one that was crucified and rose from the dead and appearing among them, they totally dedicated the, all their life, all they had to following Christ and doing his will when they got a proper view of who Christ was in their life. See, when you get a proper view of Christ, it changes everything in your life. You will make room for God. You won't run from God. You won't make excuses why you can't serve, why you can't go to church, why you can't get involved in things. You'll make room for yourself. You'll make yourself available to Christ to be used in your life. The worship team wants to come on back up. Church, are you available to God this morning? Do you have vacancy in your life today? Are you willing to do whatever the Lord asked you to do? See, our attitudes should be whenever, whatever, Lord, you have for me to do, I'll serve. I'll serve. See, our availability shows Christ that we have the right view of Christ in our life, that he's the Lord of my life, that he's in control, that it's his will be done, not my will be done. Making ourselves available to Christ, guys, will put the vacancy sign out. It will heal you to make room for Christ in your life, that he can operate that he has space in your life. Praise God. And see, the church world that we live in, guys, this culture that we live in nowadays has no room for Christ. The vacancy signs are up all over the place. No vacancy signs, excuse me, are up all over the place. Nobody has a place for Christ in their life. No one has a place for Christ in this modern world. There's no place for him in the modern family with their view of, of love, sex, and, and marriage. There's no place for him in our schools where education is supreme and only the strong survive. There's no place for him in modern religion where all religions and, and all roads lead to heaven and eternal life. And there's no place for him in our government, which used to be for the people, but now it's for an agenda and for a party. There's no vacancy anymore for Christ in people's lives. And Christ is still standing at the door, knocking, saying, can I come in? Do you have room for me in your life today? And I'd ask you to think about that question this morning, church. What's the sign above your heart say today? Do you have vacancy for Christ to come in and sit with you and, 
and have a meal and show you his plans and his purpose that he has for your life. And it goes beyond where you may be sitting today. You only see a small portion, but God sees the whole picture of your life, past and present, and the plans that he has for you and what he desires for you. And he doesn't desire for you to come to church and just sit and go through the motions of life when he's got more for you. But we have to be willing, guys, to put up the vacancy sign, take down the things of this world, the things in our life that clutter our life, the dirty sheets, the bugs, the bug attitudes, and, the, and, the, and just the relationships that pull, pull us away from what God has for our lives. So if you're here this morning, guys, these altars are open because this is an individual thing. I can pray for you, but you know what? You're the one that's got to make the choice. You're the one that's got to open up your heart. You're the one that's got to say, Christ, come into my life. If you're here this morning, I want to pray with you. I'm the worship or the prayer team. Come on up and we're going to pray. Uh, if you don't want prayer, that's fine. But there's some needs in your life. I want to pray with you. I want you to receive Christ. If you don't know Christ, ask him to come into your heart. It's the best relationship you'll ever have in your life. He loves you this morning. And he desires to be with you, praise the Lord. He's knocking at your heart this morning. Praise the Lord.